You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're listening to episode 90 of the Blended Family Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about sibling influence in the blended family, and after that, we're also going to have our first family interview. I've been telling you that I'm going to add a new segment to the show, so we'll get to that a little later. Got all the kids back in school now, four kids, three different schools, and tons of supplies. It's always stressful the first couple of weeks, getting back into a different routine. Our son started his new high school here, so he's on a whole new journey, and it's kind of neat because he and our daughter have a class together. For those of you who still have a few more weeks to the summer, enjoy them. We are happy to have them back in school so they're not bored and eating every five minutes. I got a really nice review on iTunes from BM6784, and they said, Thank you, Melissa, for creating such an important podcast that sheds light on such a popular yet rarely discussed subject. Being a stepmom in a blended family can be tough, especially when there are such few people I personally know living in the same situation. I turn to this podcast for guidance and reassurance, and you have provided just that and more. You have provided me with insight and the ability to possess a peaceful presence in my role as a step-parent. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So thank you for writing me such a nice review. I really appreciate your reviews because it helps me to be seen better in iTunes. That way, I can help more families. If you want to write me a review or give me a rating, it's really easy to do. Just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash iTunes and click on write a review. Also, subscribe not only to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode, but also to my newsletter. Last week, a lucky listener won a signed copy of the book, How to Raise an Adult. I'm going to try to do a giveaway once a month if I can. Anyone subscribed to the newsletter is automatically entered to win. And the link for that is blendedfamilypodcast.com slash subscribe. So that's all for my announcements. Let's get to our topic today, which is about sibling influence in the blended family. Now, usually when we talk about sibling influence, we mean birth order, spacing of siblings, and placement of siblings. But today, that's not what I'm referring to. What I want to talk about is how siblings affect one another, especially in a blended family where new relationships are formed. Now, we all know that in traditional families, siblings always have an influence on one another too, so this isn't isolated to only blended families, but for the sake of the show, let's discuss why it's such an issue with blended families. Of course, a lot of what you deal with is going to have to do with ages of the kids. Kids all closer to the same age will pick up habits from each other, but also kids that are further apart might learn undesirable behaviors from older siblings. In a traditional home, everyone kind of already knows what's expected in the house as far as behavior, attitudes, and rules. But when a blended family forms, you're taking two separate upbringings and melding them together. And most of the time, expectations can be quite different. We've already done episodes about house rules and communication, and that is the absolute first step when you're blending, is to make sure you establish the new house rules and expectations to all of the kids. But it's not that simple. Kids will be kids, and it's going to take some time for everyone to get used to a new system, depending on how different it is from what they were doing before. 
So you're going to see them all influence one another in different ways. Some of that might be really positive, like when they learn good habits and behaviors from an older sibling. But some of the ways are not going to go in your favor, and that's where you might struggle. So let's talk about those. I'll give you some examples, but I'm sure you have plenty of your own. Bad habits can be picked up really easily, like talking back, becoming sloppy, and having bad attitudes. Some of that is by watching others get away with it, so they want to try it too, but most of the time it's just picked up by spending a lot of time around each other. You know, if one kid is really messy and leaves things everywhere, the other kids might think, why should we have to pick up our stuff when they don't have to? And I've seen with my own, sometimes they'll talk back to grandma. She lives with us, so she's around all the time. And I notice when one or two of the kids disrespect her, the rest will follow suit. Another example I can give you is teaching bad behavior. You might have a child walking a bad path, maybe experimenting with smoking, drugs, or alcohol, and that child may try to influence another sibling to try some of these things as well. Even if they don't teach it to a sibling, that sibling might just want to copy the other anyway. Sometimes they look up to that sibling, and other times they just might be wanting that sibling's attention. How about this one? Teaching younger siblings inappropriate things. An older sibling might teach a younger one about things that they may not be ready to know or that you might not be ready for them to know yet, such as anything to do with sexual nature. So they might show the sibling porn or talk to them about sex. And that's something you are going to want some control over because you will know what's appropriate and when. So those are some really negative ways, but you'll even find some other things too that are less damaging, but still can be troublesome in their own way. And these things might not frustrate you as much as they might frustrate the sibling. So this would be a sibling copying everything another does, maybe copying their style of clothing or hair or wanting the same toy, taking up the same sport or hobby, or even picking up the same manner of speaking. You may not mind this as much, but I guarantee the sibling being copied is not going to be happy about it. My kids used to do this a lot, and a couple of them still do. And it's funny how sometimes even a sibling might get annoyed when one does it, but when another does it, it's okay for them. And that's just dynamics of relationships, but it can cause a whole new problem with jealousies, and well, that's a whole different show. The best way to deal with that is to remind the child that it's a form of flattery, that the child who is copying obviously looks up to them, and this is not as big an issue because they're even going to come across that in school when friends copy them, so they're going to get used to that. Let's get back to the more problematic stuff, the undesirable behaviors and habits. What can you do about that? This is hard because it's a normal thing that happens in families. And I think you'll find that when it happens between two biological children, it may bother you less than when it happens between two siblings who aren't related that way. So if you find that your child used to have great behavior, but now their step-sibling is teaching them some bad behavior, you might have animosity towards your stepchild. And if we switch that around, you might find yourself feeling guilty if it's your own child teaching your stepchild some bad behavior. And this all can eventually cause problems in your relationship with your partner. So the first thing I want to remind you of is that even though we have influence over our children, we really can't control all of the choices that they make. 
especially as they get older. Fighting with your partner about this is unfair because neither of you caused this and neither of you can completely stop it. So don't allow your relationship to suffer. Working as a team is the best way to battle this. How do you battle it? Well, lots of communication and separately would be best. So you want to take the older sibling or the sibling who is influencing the others because it's not always an older sibling. Take that child and have a conversation. Explain to them that they have a responsibility, that their siblings are watching them, that you would be proud of them if they could set a good example. Is this going to work after one conversation? No, it's an ongoing thing. Make sure when you catch them doing something right, you point it out. Honey, thank you so much for picking up your plate after dinner, or thank you for not talking back when I asked you to take out the garbage. Also point out when they do something wrong so they can catch themselves. You can remind them when they talk back because sometimes kids are so used to behaving a certain way that they don't even notice they're doing it. Then you take the other child or children and talk to them as well. Talk to them about the importance of being their own person. Remind them of the behaviors you expect from them and why copying bad behaviors will get them into trouble. Again, it's going to be an ongoing thing. These conversations don't always have to include both you and your partner, but at some point they should. That way the kids know that you both are on the same page. That way they can't divide you. If they think only one parent is concerned, they might be less likely to listen. One other thing I wanted to mention, if your child is going to another household with a blended family, so if your ex-partner has a blended family with other children, You can also notice a problem. Your child might be coming from that house picking up habits from their step-siblings there. And this is more difficult because you have less control over this. You, You almost have no control over this, really. You aren't there to see exactly what's going on, so you might not really know if the behaviors are just them acting out or if they're coming from the other house. Accusing the other household of something you're not sure about isn't gonna go well. If you have a good relationship with your ex, you can try to communicate with them about it, but you really have to present it in a way where your ex doesn't take it personal or get defensive. You can ask if they've noticed some of these behaviors over at that house. Start the conversation there. But again, you really have no control over that house except to talk to your child about the behaviors you're noticing and why at your house it's unacceptable. And the last thing I want to say is This is all normal to take place in a blended family and any family. Kids are going to be much more influenced by other children, not adults. It shouldn't be a make or break thing. You can work with this. Keep having the conversations. If it is an issue of drugs or violence, you're going to have to come down on them harder, of course. But for some of the other issues, it just comes with the territory. As they grow up, they're going to become more of their own little people. They pull away from the family and siblings when they become teenagers. And then you have a whole different issue, the peer group at school that is influencing them. And that's something that we have a lot less control over. So that concludes this part of the show. I hope it was helpful to you. We're going to move on to the family interview portion. I hope you enjoy it. This is the part of the show where we get to know one of our listeners and learn more about their blended family. Today I'm speaking with Debbie Harmon from Oregon. Their blended family has been together for six years 
and includes six children, ages 20, 18, 15, 13, 12, and 10. Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Melissa. So you've got quite the big family of six kids. Please tell us your story. How did you meet your partner? Sure. Well, I met my husband originally at the community theater, and that's something that we both enjoyed doing. Uh, I usually participate about one show a year at the local community theater, and he kind of got drug into it when his daughters developed an interest, so he started auditioning. And at the time that we met, I was directing the play Willy Wonka, and he played the Candyman, and four out of his five children were actually in the show. So I got to know them probably even earlier than I got to know my husband. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually really great getting to know the kids right away like that. It kind of kills some of the nerves with worrying about when you're going to meet them and how. So that must have been very interesting for you guys. It was great. We all were great friends. His uh, middle son was uh, my Charlie Bucket. So we had a really good friendship and relationship developed. And all of us were such good friends that once the play closed, my marriage had dissolved. He'd been without a marriage for a couple of years. And so not long after the play, we sort of started dating at, and the idea was originally the kid's idea. So that worked out rather well. That's even better. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah, Gotta love when the kids are into it. So (laughs) I'd like to ask you, what is your biggest struggle and what is your greatest joy? So I want to know in your opinion, Debbie, what is the best part and the worst part of having a blended family? Absolutely. Uh, I would say the biggest struggle for me is how many times I sort of feel out of place or that I don't belong, uh, just trying to kind of figure out what my role is. I, I brought one child into our family, and Dave brought five. So that that unit you know, comes and goes together when they go to their moms. We have them 50% of the time. They go to their moms 50% of the time. And they're just so close and have all these memories that I'm not a part of. And that my son's not a part of really either in that way. And so just to kind of not feel like the outsiders was really, really hard for a long time. Um, I know I struggled a lot early on feeling a little bit like Cinderella because I was always the one who was making the meals and buying the clothes and cleaning up after people, but didn't quite have the same um, memory set or connections with them that they all shared. So that was... That was tough for a long time, I think. It took a while to even hit our stride. <laughs> uh, and then I think... In, you, you, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go go ahead. ahead. Tell me no, now no, where no, you're going to get to the best part, and then, I'll, and then I'll talk. Sure. Sure. I think the best part, um, a couple of things. I mean, our marriage is fantastic. My husband's wonderful, and that sure is you know, a highlight for me. And then the fact that I did have basically an only child, and when he came with me into this blended family, I get to see him with siblings, which is pretty fun just to see him in that role. And, you know, he didn't have brothers and sisters in the same way before. So this is really nice. Yeah, that's great. And how do they all get along? They get along pretty well. Um, it took a while, I think. Um, again, he's, he's goofy and quirky and it took a while for them to catch on. But now, you know, recently I heard our eldest daughter say, I don't think of Jake as my stepbrother anymore. I just think of him as my brother. And that was really nice to hear. See, those those things are the best when that happens. And and to get back to your struggle, Debbie, that that is actually such a common thing for you to have felt, especially with the kids, 
you know, being being on the older side, you know, for you to feel like they have all these memories and they had all these years together and here I come in and I don't know my place. And so thank you for being really honest about that because I think that a lot of people struggle with that, a lot of women too, because we're just a little bit more emotional that way, whereas some men don't don't have that same feeling. You know, they don't care as much, but women, we're really in touch with that and, and it bothers us. So thank you for that. Um, and definitely that's really great that your son got to be able to experience a larger family, you know, when he was used to being the only child. So that's wonderful. Uh, so the next question I have is what are some lessons that you've learned along the way? Um, I think that a couple of things, one is not to sweat the small stuff because there are plenty of things to sweat. And, you know, when you get to the small stuff, try to not worry about that. Um, there are so many things where we came at it with different styles or different ways of doing things. One of my examples was the tooth fairy. <laughs> um, so if there are little kids listening, maybe, you know, don't, don't listen to this part, but um, we had different ways that the tooth fairy visited our different houses. And when we blended houses and both kids lost teeth the same day, we really had to figure out what we were going to do. And I was quite worried about it. And will this ruin some magical moment? Mm -hmm. And the kids didn't even notice. They didn't even bat an eye that things were different than they had been before. So I think part of it's not sweating the small stuff. I think that's definitely one of the things I learned. Good. I think, yeah, I think the other might be a lot of times it was hard for me when the kids would react or push back, especially kind of teenage girls, um, that I thought it was me. And, you know, at one of my eldest, uh, who's my stepdaughter, we were quite, quite close. And then her senior year, things got really rough and she pushed back a lot. She kind of challenged us a lot. And I took that because I was the stepmom. When in fact, if I really look at it, I think she would have done that to any mom. <laughs> that was just the age and the stage. Absolutely. But it was hard for me to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, teenage girls, I mean, I've got three of them here, so <laughs> I know that it's, yeah, it's not anybody. It's just them, really. But yeah, that's, that's some great advice. Don't sweat the small stuff. I think we all can learn that. Um, and then what's something you know now that you wish you knew back then? I think um, one of the things I wish I knew is just how much time it really takes until you kind of hit your stride as a family. Mm -hmm. I think because they liked me so much during the dating stage, I thought this was going to be easy. And it wasn't easy. The, the initial year was really hard. There were a lot of times where we didn't go a week without someone in tears about something or another. Um, and now we've been living together, married, I think about five years, and it, it makes such a difference. You know, it, it feels so much more natural now. Uh, now we go lots of weeks without anyone in tears, but it does take time. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's one of the things I definitely learned. And I think the other might be sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. I, I think that I always thought once it starts getting easier and the kids get used to me, uh, you know, once I kind of win them over, it's smooth sailing. But you can win them over and then a month later lose one again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that can yeah. happen. I yeah. actually just had a conversation with Sean about that today that, you know, you just you just never know. Sometimes things could be going fine and you have some setbacks. I'm actually going to do a show on setbacks in the next month because I was thinking about that. And yeah. And, and you know, Debbie, I thought the same thing when I started out, you know, it's like you always think at the beginning you're in that bliss stage and you think, you know what, this is, this is going to be easy, especially for me. My, my kids were all so young when we met. So it really seemed like it was going to be simple. We didn't have to worry about the teenage attitudes, but I tell you what, it was not easy, you know, just because you think it's like that. And once you really get settled in or you move in together, that's when you realize how hard it can be and how challenging. So, Right, right. 
okay. dating dad was fine, but once I started with some rules and changing things around the house, things got a little different for a while. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, so the next question, if you could change one thing about your blended family, what would it be and why? I, you know, I, that was a hard question for me. I think, um, I think it would be me and my attitude. I think that that's the thing I would change the most. I have this wonderful husband who only sees the good in things, which is usually wonderful, but it also means he doesn't see problems. Whereas I tend to be the opposite and it's hard for me. I see all the challenges and I really want to fix them right away. And sometimes it does just take time. So I think the thing I would change the most is I wish I were less worried about those things and I could just relax and give it more time. Yeah. So we got to get you to lighten up just a little bit. I think that would help. Yes. It's it's hard. Some of us are just made that way. So, (laughs) okay. Well then that leads to this question. What do you do to keep a positive attitude and a sense of peace? Um, I'm a runner and I find that that really helps me. I, I would say that when I started running, I probably did it because I thought it was physically good for me, but I now know I do it because it's mentally good for me just to take that time for myself. I run maybe five times a week and whether it's 30 minutes or an hour, kind of that lets me go through things in my head. And I did find that for a while I wanted to talk to my husband, but sometimes if what I was doing was complaining about the way I felt I was treated by the kids that wasn't always good for us because that made him feel a little defensive. Um, So sometimes I just need to work it out in my head first. And, and sometimes going for a run will do that for me. And then of course, date nights are always nice too, just to have a little break and a little time where we can talk to things with each other. Absolutely. And exercise is such a great way. I mean, I always tell people, whatever you can find that is good for you, even if it's reading a book, but exercise is really good because it releases all those endorphins and it just kind of, gets out if you have frustrations or irritability. It kind of just has a way of working that out. So Debbie, have you found any helpful resources that you'd like to share, such as books, websites, podcasts, et cetera, anything that you think would be helpful for other listeners? Sure. Um, I do subscribe to Stepmom Magazine, which comes out once a month and it's online. I've enjoyed reading that and I'm surprised the number of times that something sort of resonates with me. I read a lot of books, especially in the early stages. Um, the Spart- Smart Step Mom, mm-hmm. uh, Smart Step Family. I've read something called Step Coupling. Uh, and then, of course, a few blogs I like. And, and this podcast has been really helpful. I've really appreciated it. I, I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. And the last question, what advice can you offer to other blended families? Something maybe that you know you're doing right or something that you found helpful for your family? I think one of the things that's helped us is kind of keeping a record of the victories uh, because, like I said, for me, sometimes it feels like two step forwards, one step back. And if you either keep a journal or every night you have a minute where you focus on the positive things, you can find those during the day. And for me, sometimes I have to put a little effort in, but I can see now places in the kids' lives where I have made a difference or influenced them or I can see great moments between um, my biological son and the step-siblings. Um, so just to remember those and really hold on to those moments because there are times when it's tough and it's nice to remember those. And I think the only other thing I would do is really to find a support network, whether it's other stepmoms or an online community or whatever that is, just someone that you think understands the special challenges of a blended family. 
Absolutely. That's really great advice. I couldn't agree with you more, especially about remembering the good moments, because I think all of us spend so much time focusing on what's wrong, and we forget to recognize the moments when something goes right and really hold on to that. So thank you so much for that advice. Now, I know that you also have a blog that you do called BradyNoAlice.com. Is that right? That is right. We are often called the Brady Bunch because we have three boys and three girls, and we're a blended family. So because we got teased aloud about being the Bradys, I thought it was kind of funny to have Brady, no Alice. <laughs> well, that is great. And I actually checked out the blog myself and I read some of the articles there and I really liked it. So for the listeners, head on over to www.bradynoalice.com. And that's where you can find Debbie talking about all of the challenges with her blended families and things that she's going through. Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the show to share your story. It's so helpful to the rest of our listeners. Thank you, Melissa. I really enjoyed it. And if any of you want to connect with Debbie, you can find her in our Facebook group. That is our private Facebook group at www.blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. I hope you enjoyed learning more about one of our blended families. Thank you. Okay, so that was our first of hopefully many interviews to come where you can get to know our other listeners a little bit better. It also gives you a chance to see what other families are going through so we can all realize we're not alone. The format is going to stay the same, so as you can see, the questions are easy and you'll know what to expect. If you would like to be part of a future show, you can email me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and just put interview in the subject line. I will then send you the information you need. And depending on the response, I may put these in every week or just once in a while. Also, let me know what you think. Let me know if it's something you want to hear more of because I want this show to be about you and what you want. Feedback, as always, send to the same email, melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. So that's all for this week. Next week, I'm bringing you another show. Take care. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.